Hi, everybody, and welcome to Earth, Wind, and Unwanted Truth. My name is Chelsea, and I'll be your host today. Uh, and every day, goddammit. <laughs> Happy post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas, post-Hanukkah. Hanukkah just ended yesterday, I believe. So it's been several weeks full of happy holidays and lots of family and good food. And speaking of food, today's topic is GMOs. Insert scary haunted house music here. No, GMOs aren't anything to be scared about. And I'm going to explain to you why. But I'm going to do it in a couple of different different ways today. So we're going to go over a few different resources that I discovered on the big wide interwebs about genetically modified food. And some of these resources, or to say one of the resources I'm be presenting is a non-GMO um, resource, so they're anti-GMOs. One of these resources is from a university, and one of these resources is from a scientific journal. So we have a pretty solid representation for perspectives on GMOs. All right, and maybe in the next segment, I'll have somebody come in and talk about GMOs, someone who maybe doesn't support GMOs. But for now, I've, all I've got is what I can find and what I believe in and what I know. Uh, so to kind of start off today, I want to say that I am in support of GMOs. I'm in support of GMOs for a broad uh, spectrum of reasons, but primary, foremost, at the top, numero uno, is that I believe in feeding the world. And I believe in doing so with all of the science, all of the options, all of the resources available to me um, as a consumer, even more so than as a scientist, um, that I deserve to have those options as we head into the very scary future in which climate change is going to affect our ability to grow crops, our ability for space as the population continues to get bigger, bigger, and our ability to live in general. What will parks look like in the next 50 years? I don't know, you don't know, but if science is science, I know it'll find a way to make sure we still have them. So let's get started. The first resource I'm going to be using is in uh, third place on my Google search for GMOs, right? And it's from, I believe everyone knows it, the non-GMO project. Now heads up, I am on my computer, so there might be a little bit of clicking. If that's bugging you, I'm so sorry. But I want to make sure that I am presenting this information directly from the source to you, all right? Um, aside from my perspective, necessarily, as someone who is positively for GMOs. Uh, disclaimer, used to be against GMOs, and then I did a ton of information searching, researching, and interacting with people who study them. And I changed my mind. And that is totally okay. But that's not what I'm here today to do. I'm not here to change your mind, I'm just here to present you with some facts. Alright? So first off, non-GMO project. Their website is the nongmoproject.org, so they are an organization. First and foremost, if we go to their about page, before we even hit the facts page, let's go to the about page. And the about page lets us know that this organization is, quotations, dedicated to building and protecting a non-GMO food supply. So first and foremost, we know that our resource is against GMOs, which tells us what? 
It tells us that anything else we read from this point on is going to be designed to make us believe that GMOs are bad, all right? And is going to be directly against GMOs. So if I click on the GMO facts page, I know, GMO facts page, wow, I can't talk today, holy moly. Um, I know that these facts are going to be skewed towards the against GMOs spectrum, okay? Which is fine, right? And in, in, in looking at it from a subjective point of view, everyone has the right to their opinion, okay? So non-GMO project, blue label with that beautiful monarch butterfly on it that we see all over the grocery stores these days, occasionally on some banners at the local farmer's market. They are everywhere. So what are the facts they're telling us? So first of all, they want us to know that genetically modified organisms is what GMO stands for. And that they are living organisms whose genetic material has been artificially manipulated in a laboratory. Through genetic engineering, this creates combinations of plant, animal, bacteria, and virus genes that do not occur in nature or through traditionally crossbreeding methods. So one of the big things I think they're trying to let us know is that they're primarily just going to talk about um, agriculture, right? So because it, because it specifically talks about crossbreeding. Crossbreeding is primarily how we select for plants um, in a traditional agricultural setting, okay? And they say that most GMOs have been engineered to withstand direct application of herbicides and or produce insecticides. True. However, and this is specifically for agriculture, right? However, new technologies are now being used to artificially develop other traits in plants, such as resistance to browning in apples. True and to create new organisms using synthetic biology. Also true. Despite biotech industry promises, there's no evidence that any of the GMOs currently on the market offer increased yield, drought tolerance, enhanced nutrition, or any other consumer benefits. This is not so true, meaning that this article is probably a little bit out of date, that or they may not have wanted to cite any of that information because it doesn't support their agenda, right? Which is, you know, that's, that's what happens when you're soliciting an idea, which is not okay, but it's what we expect, all right? And then it provides you this list of high-risk crops, right? This assumes that GMOs are bad, right? Because they're, if you have a, high, a GMO crop, it is high-risk, it's dangerous, all right? Words are really important. <laughs> they give you a huge, huge perspective on what's trying to be um, discussed or presented in uh, any, any webpage. I think the part of this page that most spoke to me as a consumer, more so than anything else, and really actually upset me, was there are GMOs safe? Because nothing about this told me anything, okay? It didn't say anything to me. And it says, two sentences, in the absence of credible, independent, long-term feeding studies, the safety of GMOs is unknown. Increasingly, citizens are taking matters into their own hands and choosing to opt out of the GMO experiment. This says a world about this webpage. All right, first and foremost, it's telling you you can't trust science. Science is not a credible source. Okay? Then it tells you that you as the citizen have been duped, lied to. You are in danger. Your power has been stripped from you and you must reclaim it. And that you can be like other, other citizens who are choosing to opt out of an experiment. This makes people feel like they, they're, they're in an experiment. They're a rat. There's something in a cage to be tested on, right? This hugely plays on our emotions as a consumer. Um, I've definitely fallen prey to 
wording and verbiage in commercials or in articles that I know is directly aimed at me, right, as the consumer. And this, this, these two sentences right here definitely say a world about this website. In fact, if I were somebody, if I were sitting here and I were reading this for an actual, actual facts, I wanted to know about this topic, I would have stopped reading at this point because I would have said, okay, nothing from here on is going to tell me anything about GMOs other than what they want me to believe. Okay. And I, I don't think that that's okay because you know, you're looking for facts. You want to understand something. You know, if you went looking for facts on, I don't know, the weather, imagine if you wanted to know what temperature it was outside and you went to a web page that said it's neither hot nor warm outside but it could be kind of hot but it also could be kind of cold and there might be some wet but there also might be some dry that tells you nothing right there's no fact about that it says essentially that whoever's telling you this information either doesn't know about it or they have some sort of agenda such as if that weather app you were looking at were to tell you it's not hot out cold outside, it's not cold outside, but it's a great time of day to get a Margaritaville Lime Aid Margarita from your local, you know, and they gave you some sort of solicitation for, for a brand, right? That doesn't tell you anything about the weather, but they've directly implied that you might want a margarita. And somehow now I want a margarita. <laughs> um, so this webpage just, it really bothered me. But one of the things that you can, what can and you really want to do when you have a webpage that has, um, not often, but has uh, a list of resources is look for the, the year of publication for the resources. And if you really are like, I don't trust this, you can go look at some of the actual um, publication information, like where the actual articles are from or who's published them and how credible the people are, right? That's a lot to do. And that's if you really genuinely feel that what you're reading is, is BS, okay? So what I've done is I look at the bottom of the page, I'm looking at these resources, and I see that the most recent resource is from 2015, and it was a survey um, done on food labeling. Remember in 2015 when everyone wanted GMO food label labeling? That's where this is from. And then there's also another cited article from Environmental Working Group um, talking about cancer risk due to glyphosate. Um, Oh, excuse me. It's not cancer risk. You know, being visually impaired makes sometimes reading is <laughs> a little difficult. Um, glyphosate is spreading like a cancer across the U.S. Okay, it's talking about um, some chemical that's being produced by artificial, you know, those GMO bacteria. Right. Um, but primarily, what I'm, I think I get out of this, uh, full and foremost, is that the articles are out of date, regardless of where they're from. They're out of date. The second section in this, this list of factual information is soliciting feelings to me, not facts. And it wants me to feel like I need to somehow, you know, get back power that has been stolen from me, which is absolute bullshit. Excuse me. All right. So we're, we're going to, we're going to call this done. But if, when you go to the page, you can also look at uh, a list of are GMOs labeled, what foods might contain GMOs. How do GMOs affect farmers? Um, and what are the impacts of GMOs in the environment? And it's all a little bit iffy and a little bit outdated and very propaganda-y, okay? So all of those are, of course, real words. <laughs> what I found to be super helpful when I was looking um, into what GMOs were at the very beginning were university websites. 
that really had these conversations or discussions with professors on what GMOs were and, you know, did they study them? What were their experiences with them? And, you know, what were the, the real facts about GMOs? Not, not a feeling, not a solicitation, you know, not propaganda, but what were GMOs? And so one of the options that comes up when you Google, you know, GMOs is this website from Purdue. It's their uh, College of Agriculture. It is the science of GMOs. It's a page that says, what are GMOs? And it has this video, wonderful video by Dr. Mike Millman. And it's only about nine minutes long. There's a couple of um, paragraphs below it that describe what GMOs are. There's a little, what are GMOs diagram and some other um, reading material options. For instance, uh, it brings you back to what are GMOs? How do we use GMOs? Do GMOs harm health? How do GMOs affect insects? Like it has a solid set of information for the consumer in an easily digestible fashion. Because if they just cited a bunch of like, if you read this article from plant disease, it's, you know, nobody wants, nobody wants uh, (laughs) full grain information. (laughs) We want easily digestible information that we can understand, right? So I think this is a great resource. It's uh, Purdue University, once again, College of Agriculture, their science of GMOs, multiple pages, and multiple videos. Each of these pages, here, let's go to the what, how do we use GMO page. And just like that page, there's a wonderful video, but this one is with Dr. Goldsberg, Peter Goldsberg, who is a professor of botany and plant pathology. Um, previously, on the, uh, on the other page, they was saying, what are GMOs? This one specifically, um, Dr. Rick Milan is a molecular tree physiologist, so he's not even a pathologist. You have different scientists from different backgrounds discussing GMOs, which I think is extremely critical to understanding a topic, having diverse um, backgrounds. Very, very, very helpful in understanding a topic. And in this case, this page um, for the story of GMOs is it's describing kind of what GMOs are from like wording perspective, you know, gene modified organism it makes a huge point to let us know that genetically modified organisms are not just agricultural and the best example it gives is those bacteria that are used to produce human insulin for people with diabetes you know if we were as against genetically modified bacteria as we were with genetically modified foods we would not have medicine (laughs) like we would be in some serious trouble if you think that our insurance companies are shysting us now, oh, you just wait. <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, but like I said before, all of these have videos connected with them. And they also say, like, how does this regulation pass? So it's talking about how regulation of GMOs works. Um, this is with Marshall um, Martin, Dr. Marshall Martin, who's a professor of agricultural economics. So you have a guy who's talking about economics, talking about economic information. Super, super cool and very important. Now, if you want something a little bit more sciencey, uh, another good option is going to be the American Phytopathological Society. And you can Google American Phytopathological Society GMOs, and they've got some really cool programs um, as well as some awesome information. So they have a recording, uh, which is sort of like a podcast, but it's Approachable Science Genetically Engineered Crops. Approachable Science on Genetically Engineered Crops. Like I said, I can't talk to you. It's terrible. Um, And this was done in April of 2018. Um, It's awesome. It's 
really great basic information on GMOs and how they work and why they're important. And I think that that's really important. Like I said, digestible information is good for us. All right. And this is, like I said, through the American Phytopathological Society. You can check them out. They have lots of other, if you really are interested in reading some scientific articles, they have several different um, journals that they publish, that they um, support, essentially run. So there are lots of different sets of information online for any topic, whether you're learning how to change a tire, learning how to scramble eggs, or learning about genetically modified organisms. There's a lot of bullshit and a lot of truth, and it's really difficult to sift through it all. Like I said before, I support GMOs. I think they're important. We have to feed the world. The world. That's a lot of people over a long period of time. As climate change starts to cause absolute shifts in where plants can be grown, we need crops that are resilient, able to deal with drought, severe cold, severe heat, high, high soil salinity, high soil potassium, things that we don't, may not even think about as a consumer that end up becoming very important as you start to talk about growing crops. You know, will we have parks? Will we have forests? You know, how can we use genetically modified trees to deal with issues like Dutch elm disease or um, <coughs> Swiss needle cast? You know, are there ways of dealing with plant pathogens that affect not just agricultural, but also natural systems? And how, what will the world look like in 50 years if we don't have something like GMOs? I think one of the biggest examples of... GMOs that we have right now that isn't food is the CRISPR baby. And this is awful. The story goes that a wealthy man in China, his wife has HIV. He didn't want his baby to have HIV. And so he contacted a scientist and had the scientist cut out a gene from, from his, from his um, wife's embryo that could potentially um, reduce the crossing of HIV to the infant, right? And so this baby, which is born, is a genetically modified baby. Is that okay? Is that not okay? It's really not okay, <laughs> right? We, we're, we start to cross these ethical lines. But a genetically modified baby is a completely different thing from a genetically modified corn stock. One of them is specifically engineered to be a better crop, to produce in areas that have high weeds and require lots of herbicides. And one is a human being, right? What's been, what's been presented to people is something very scary. And if, since people already have an aversion to GMOs, imagine where they are now. If people had known about cloning before Dolly was ever born, they wouldn't have been so angry when she was. We need to look at GMOs as an opportunity. Void of, of spectacular fantasized stories in the media. We need to know real facts, real information. And not let people try and sell us information. Sell us lies. It's not okay. 
So I want you guys to leave today knowing that you have options. Knowing that it's okay to learn and it's okay to change your mind. And that sometimes the media isn't always right, believe it or not. (laughs) And sometimes to take those things with a grain of salt. You guys have a wonderful evening and thank you for listening to Earth, Wind, and Unwanted Truth. Once again, I'm Chelsea and have a wonderful week. everybody and welcome to Earth, Wind, and Unwanted Truth. My name is Chelsea and I'll be your host today uh, and every day. God damn it. <laughs> Happy post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas, post-Hanukkah. Hanukkah just ended yesterday, I believe. So it's been several weeks full of happy holidays and lots of family and good food. And speaking of food, Today's topic is GMOs. Insert scary haunted house music here. No. GMOs aren't anything to be scared about. And I'm going to explain to you why. But I'm going to do it in a couple of different different ways today. So we're going to go over a few different resources that I discovered on the big wide interwebs about genetically modified food. And some of these resources, or to say, one of the resources I'm be presenting is a non-GMO um, resource, so they're anti-GMOs. One of these resources is from a university, and one of these resources is from a scientific journal. So we have a pretty solid representation for perspectives on GMOs. All right, and maybe in the next segment, I'll have somebody come in and talk about GMOs, someone who maybe doesn't support GMOs. But for now, I've, all I've got is what I can find and what I believe in and what I know. Uh, so to kind of start off today, I want to say that I am in support of GMOs. I'm in support of GMOs for a broad uh, spectrum of reasons. But primary, foremost, at the top, numero uno, is that I believe in feeding the world. And I believe in doing so with all of the science all of the options, all of the resources available to me um, as a consumer, even more so than as a scientist, um, that I deserve to have those options as we head into the very scary future in which climate change is going to affect our ability to grow crops, our ability for space as the population continues to get bigger, bigger, And our ability to live in general. What will parks look like in the next 50 years? I don't know. You don't know. But if science is science, I know it'll find a way to make sure we still have them. So let's get started. The first resource I'm going to be using is in uh, third place on my Google search for GMOs. Right? And it's from... I believe everyone knows it, the non-GMO project. Now, heads up, I am on my computer, so there might be a little bit of clicking. If that's bugging you, I'm so sorry. But I want to make sure that I am presenting this information directly from the source to you, all right? Um, Aside from my perspective, necessarily, as someone who is positively for GMOs. Uh, Disclaimer, used to be against GMOs, and then I did a ton of information searching, researching, and interacting with people who study them. 
and I changed my mind, and that is totally okay. But that's not what I'm here today to do. I'm not here to change your mind, I'm just here to present you with some facts. Alright, so first off, Non-GMO Project. Their website is the nongmoproject.org, so they are an organization. First and foremost, if we go to their about page, before we even hit the facts page, let's go to the about page. And the about page lets us know that this organization is, quotations, dedicated to building and protecting a non-GMO food supply. So first and foremost, we know that our resource is against GMOs, which tells us what? It tells us that anything else we read from this point on is going to be designed to make us believe that GMOs are bad, all right? And is going to be directly against GMOs. So if I click on the GMO facts page, I know GMO facts page. Wow, I can't talk today. Holy moly. Um, I know that these facts are going to be skewed towards the against GMOs spectrum, okay? Which is fine, right? And, and, and looking at it from a subjective point of view, everyone has the right to their opinion, okay? So non-GMO project, blue label with that beautiful monarch butterfly on it that we see all over the grocery stores these days, occasionally on some banners at the local farmer's market. They are everywhere. So what are the facts they're telling us? So first of all, they want us to know that genetically modified organisms is what GMO stands for. And that they are living organisms whose genetic material has been artificially manipulated in a laboratory. Through genetic engineering, this creates combinations of plant, animal, bacteria, and virus genes that do not occur in nature or through traditionally crossbreeding methods. So one of the big things I think they're trying to let us know is that they're primarily just going to talk about um, agriculture, right? So because it, because it specifically talks about crossbreeding. Crossbreeding is primarily how we select for plants um, in a traditional agricultural setting, okay? And they say that most GMOs have been engineered to withstand direct application of herbicides and or produce insecticides. True. However, and this is specifically for agriculture, right? However, new technologies are now being used to artificially develop other traits in plants, such as resistance to browning in apples, true, and to create new organisms using synthetic biology, also true. Despite biotech industry promises, there is no evidence that any of the GMOs currently on the market offer increased yield, drought tolerance, enhanced nutrition, or any other consumer benefits. This is not so true, meaning that this article is probably a little bit out of date, that or they may not have wanted to cite any of that information because it doesn't support their agenda, right? Which is, you know, that's that's what happens when you're soliciting an idea, which is not okay, but it's what we expect, all right? And then it provides you this list of high-risk crops, right? This assumes that GMOs are bad, right? Because they're, if you have a, high, a GMO crop, it is high-risk, it's dangerous, all right? Words are really important, <laughs> It give you a huge, huge perspective on what's trying to be um, discussed or presented in uh, any any web page. I think the part of this page that most spoke to me as a consumer, more so than anything else, and really actually upset me, was there are GMOs safe? Because nothing about this told me anything, okay? It didn't say anything to me. And it says, two sentences, in the absence of credible, independent, long-term feeding studies, the safety of GMOs is unknown. Increasingly, citizens are taking matters into their own hands and choosing to opt out of the GMO experiment. This says a world about this webpage. 
All right, first and foremost, it's telling you you can't trust science. Science is not a credible source, okay? Then it tells you that you as the citizen have been duped, lied to. You are in danger. Your power has been stripped from you and you must reclaim it. And that you can be like other, other citizens who are choosing to opt out of an experiment. This makes people feel like they're, they're in an experiment. They're a rat. There's something in a cage to be tested on, right? This hugely plays on our emotions as a consumer. Um, I've definitely fallen prey to wording and verbiage in commercials or in articles that I know is directly aimed at me, right, as the consumer. And this, this, these two sentences right here definitely say a world about this website. In fact, if I were somebody, if I were sitting here and I were reading this for an actual, actual facts, I wanted to know about this topic, I would have stopped reading at this point because I would have said, okay, nothing from here on is going to tell me anything about GMOs other than what they want me to believe. Okay. And I, I don't think that that's okay because you know, you're looking for facts. You want to understand something. You know, if you went looking for facts on, I don't know, the weather, imagine if you wanted to know what temperature it was outside and you went to a web page that said it's neither hot nor warm outside but it could be kind of hot but it also could be kind of cold and there might be some wet but there also might be some dry that tells you nothing right there's no fact about that it says essentially that whoever's telling you this information either doesn't know about it or they have some sort of agenda such as if that weather app you were looking at were to tell you it's not hot out cold outside, it's not cold outside, but it's a great time of day to get a Margaritaville Lime-Aid Margarita from your local, you know, and they gave you some sort of solicitation for, for a brand, right? That doesn't tell you anything about the weather, but they've directly implied that you might want a margarita. And somehow now, I want a margarita. <laughs> um, so this webpage, just, it really bothered me. But one of the things that you can, what can and you really want to do when you have a web page that has, um, not often, but has uh, a list of resources is look for the, the year of publication for the resources. And if you really are like, I don't trust this, you can go look at some of the actual um, publication information, like where the actual articles are from or who's published them and how credible the people are, right? That's a lot to do. And that's if you really genuinely feel that what you're reading is, is BS, okay? So what I've done is I look at the bottom of the page, I'm looking at these resources, and I see that the most recent resource is from 2015, and it was a survey um, done on food labeling. Remember in 2015 when everyone wanted GMO food label labeling? That's where this is from. And then there's also another cited article from Environmental Working Group um, talking about cancer risk due to glyphosate. Um, Oh, excuse me. It's not cancer risk. You know, being visually impaired makes sometimes reading is <laughs> a little difficult. Um, glyphosate is spreading like a cancer across the U.S. Okay, it's talking about um, some chemical that's being produced by artificial, you know, those GMO bacteria, right? Um, but primarily what I'm, I think I get out of this, uh, full and foremost, is that the articles are out of date. Regardless of where they're from, they're out of date. The second section in this, this list of factual information is soliciting feelings to me, not facts. And it wants me to feel like I need to somehow 
you know, get back power that has been stolen from me, which is absolute bullshit. Excuse me. All right. So we're, we're going to, we're going to call this done. But if, when you go to the page, you can also look at uh, a list of our GMOs labeled, what foods might contain GMOs, how do GMOs affect farmers? Um, and what are the impacts of GMOs in the environment? And it's all a little bit iffy and a little bit outdated and very propaganda. Okay. So all of those are of course, real words. <laughs> What I found to be super helpful when I was looking um, into what GMOs were at the very beginning were university websites that really had these conversations or discussions with professors on what GMOs were and you know did they study them, what were their experiences with them, and you know what were the, the real facts about GMOs. Not not a feeling, not a solicitation, you know, not propaganda, but what were GMOs? And so one of the options that comes up when you Google, you know, GMOs is this website from Purdue. It's their uh, College of Agriculture. It is the science of GMOs. It's a page that says, what are GMOs? And it has this video, wonderful video by Dr. Mike Millman. And it's only about nine minutes long. There's a couple of art, um, paragraphs below it that describe what GMOs are. There's a little, what are GMOs diagram and some other um, reading material options. For instance, uh, it brings you back to what are GMOs? How do we use GMOs? Do GMOs harm health? How do GMOs affect insects? Like it has a solid set of information for the consumer in an easily digestible fashion. Because if they just cited a bunch of like, if you read this article from plant disease, it's, you know, nobody wants, nobody wants uh, (laughs) full grain information. (laughs) We want easily digestible information that we can understand, right? So I think this is a great resource. It's uh, Purdue University, once again, College of Agriculture, their science of GMOs, multiple pages and multiple videos. Each of these pages here, let's go to the, what, how do we use GMO page? And just like that page, there's a wonderful video, but this one is with Dr. Goldsberg, Peter Goldsberg, who is a professor of botany and plant pathology. Um, previously, on the uh, on the other page that was saying what are GMOs. This one specifically, um, Dr. Rick Milan is a molecular tree physiologist, so he's not even a pathologist. You have different scientists from different backgrounds discussing GMOs, which I think is extremely critical to understanding a topic, having diverse um, backgrounds. Very, very, very helpful in understanding a topic. And in this case, this page um, for the story of GMOs is it's describing kind of what GMOs are from like wording perspective, you know, gene modified organism. It makes a huge point to let us know that genetically modified organisms are not just agricultural. And the best example it gives is those bacteria that are used to produce human insulin for people with diabetes. You know, if we were as against genetically modified bacteria as we were with genetically modified foods, we would not have medicine. (laughs) Like, we would be in some serious trouble. If you think that our insurance companies are shysting us now, oh, you just wait. (laughs) Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, But like I said before, all of these have videos connected with them. And they also say, like, how does this regulation pass? So it's talking about how regulation of GMOs works. Um... This is with Marshall um, Martin, Dr. Marshall Martin, who's a professor of agricultural economics. So you have a guy who's talking about economics, talking about economic information. Super, super cool and very important. 
Now, if you want something a little bit more sciencey, uh, another good option is going to be the American Phytopathological Society. And you can Google American Phytopathological Society GMOs, and they've got some really cool programs um, as well as some awesome information. So they have a recording, uh, which is sort of like a podcast, but it's Approachable Science Genetically Engineered Crops. Approachable Science on Genetically Engineered Crops. Like I said, I can't talk to you. It's terrible. Um, And this was done in April of 2018. Um, It's awesome. It's really great basic information on GMOs and how they work and why they're important. And I think that that's really important. Like I said, digestible information is good for us. All right. And this is, like I said, through the American Phytopathological Society. You can check them out. They have lots of other... If you really are interested in reading some scientific articles, they have several different um, journals that they publish, that they um, support, essentially run. So there are lots of different sets of information online for any topic. Whether you're learning how to change a tire, learning how to scramble eggs, or learning about genetically modified organisms, there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of truth, and it's really difficult to sift through it all. Like I said before, I support GMOs. I think they're important. We have to feed the world. The world. That's a lot of people over a long period of time. As climate change starts to cause absolute shifts in where plants can be grown, We need crops that are resilient, able to deal with drought, severe cold, severe heat, high high soil salinity, high soil potassium, things that we may not even think about as a consumer that end up becoming very important as you start to talk about growing crops. Will we have parks? Will we have forests? You know, how can we use genetically modified trees to deal with issues like Dutch elm disease or um, <coughs> Swiss needle cast. You know, are there ways of dealing with plant pathogens that affect not just agricultural but also natural systems? And how what will the world look like in 50 years if we don't have something like GMOs? I think one of the biggest examples of GMOs that we have right now that isn't food is the CRISPR baby, and this is awful. The story goes that a wealthy man in China, his wife has HIV. He didn't want his baby to have HIV, and so he contacted a scientist and had the scientist cut out a gene from from his, from his um, wife's embryo that could potentially um, reduce the crossing of HIV to the infant. Right? And so this baby, which is born is a genetically modified baby. Is that okay? Is that not okay? It's really not okay, (laughs) right? We, We start to cross these ethical lines. But a genetically modified baby is a completely different thing from a genetically modified corn stock. One of them is specifically engineered to be a better crop. To produce in areas that have high weeds and require lots of herbicides. And one is a human being, right? What's been been presented to people is something very scary. 
And if, since people already have an aversion to GMOs, imagine where they are now. If people had known about cloning before Dolly was ever born, they wouldn't have been so angry when she was. We need to look at GMOs as an opportunity, void of, of spectacular fantasized stories in the media. We need to know real facts, real information, and not let people try and sell us information. Sell us lies. It's not okay. So I want you guys to leave today knowing that you have options. Knowing that it's okay to learn and it's okay to change your mind. And that sometimes the media isn't always right, believe it or not. (laughs) And sometimes to take those things with a grain of salt. You guys have a wonderful evening and thank you for listening to Earth, Wind, and Unwanted Truth. Once again, I'm Chelsea and have a wonderful week.